0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Woe is Media. You have Alyssa and Annabelle here. We're ready to jump back into what happened in the world of media this week. Alyssa, how are you doing and what have you got for us? I'm
1: sleepy, but I have happy stories this week. Yay! Woohoo! So, obviously... The biggest thing on everybody's lips is actually an update story for us. We're going to be talking about Britney Spears' life after conservativeship. If I remember correctly, this was the first ever story I talked about on the podcast. So It was.
0: Hit me GM one more time.
1: Full circle, baby. (laughs) And then we're going to be talking about the various projects announced by Disney Plus on their
0: Disney Plus day. That's exciting. What about you? Um, I'm going to talk about the finally passed infrastructure bill, which is Yay. getting signed today as of November 15th, 2021, this Monday at the time of recording, it's getting signed today. And then my other story is kind of about the rise and fall of General Electric, A.K.G.E. It's being broken up into multiple different companies, so we're going to get into that drama as well. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. So my first story is entitled, I'm no longer just a bill. (laughs) Alyssa and I are big fans of Schoolhouse Rock on this podcast.
1: I love Schoolhouse Rock.
0: (laughs) And I'm just a bill is iconic. So, um, but yeah, so the bipartisan infrastructure bill has finally passed through both chambers of Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. This is a long time coming. I think I talked about this probably 10 episodes ago. It's been a while. If not longer, when it was still in development and talking about like what all went into it, but they've finally been able to get something that enough people can agree on. It passed 69 to 30 in the Senate. I don't know who the one missing voter was. I couldn't find that. Um. They don't matter
1: anyway. It doesn't
0: matter. Yeah, it, it, that's that's definitely a majority. So not an issue there um, in the Senate with 19 Republican votes, including which I was surprised to read this uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Ew. <laughs> I feel like he never agrees with them on anything. So I was shocked that he decided to, you know, throw a yes vote on this. Yeah. As well as all 50 democrats so whoever did not vote on this i guess is a republican i'm not sure who it was but um the bill also cleared the house on november 5th passing 228 votes to 206 votes and it will be signed today by president biden in a big bipartisan ceremony where there will be a bunch of members of congress from both sides of the aisle to kind of celebrate oh we finally like got our ish together and you know sign this and pass something and overcame our differences but like did they really though no and we're no. gonna get into it um so it's a one trillion dollar bill which is significantly lower than it was originally supposed to be it was supposed to be much higher and like the three trillion range um and 550 billion of the one trillion dollars will be invested into new public works spending and that's, you know, an upgrade from what was expected in terms of federal investment. So that's that's definitely a positive. Um, but highlights of the bill include, and sorry, before I get into this, I know like me reading numbers is not the most interesting, but it'll be I 100- love it. <laughs> My biggest fan, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 1 trillion will include 110 billion for roads and bridges, which we desperately need. There are potholes everywhere um, 66 billion for passenger and freight rail. A lot of this, I believe about 50 billion is going straight to Amtrak and Amtrak is like over the moon. Cause this is the most money they've ever gotten from anybody. Thanks to anything. Joe Biden.
1: Cause he uses Amtrak. Cause he uses
0: Amtrak. Yeah. That's his thing. He's a big railroad guy. Um, and they're going to add like a bunch of routes for things like LA to Vegas where there aren't already things where they're all already are not already routes. excuse me i can't talk this morning um but yeah things like that so hopefully they will have amtrak will be a more viable option for most people now with extra money that they can put in to expand their routes 65 billion for broadband in rural areas we want our friends in the country to be able to stream our podcast along with other things like mm-hmm. let's let's get these people online um this is one I know we'll hit close to home for Alyssa. 65 billion for power and grid updates, which the state of Texas desperately needs. Oh,
1: honey. The state of Texas also needs those roads because ever since I moved here, I have had tire trouble, like nobody's business. Oh, like really? when I Yeah, I like there was a time when I was living in the previous city where I lost like two tires in the matter of like three weeks because of how terrible the roads are here.
0: Wow. I'm sorry. That's yeah. uh, that is unfortunate.
1: That's why I'm like anyone who lives in the state of Texas and does not believe in this infrastructure bill, you can, in my opinion, go to hell because <laughs> this state desperately needs it.
0: I mean, every, everybody, I mean, a Mitch McConnell can get behind it. Like, yeah, come on. exactly. I feel like you should be able to get behind it. Um, <laughs> so 55 billion for water, uh, also necessary. We need to be hydrated. billion for public transit so I guess non trains things like buses and local like subways and things like that also important and 25 billion for airports there's more of a breakdown but these are kind of the big dollar categories I wanted to highlight so how is this getting paid for so mostly it's going to be coming from a repurposing of unused COVID relief which I guess is good that all of that relief was not necessary they overfunded it and now they can use that money into other things. So they don't have to do like a huge, you know, tax increase on anybody. Which is a positive thing. Um, and there's also something involved in here. And this is a little funky. So bear with me. Um, they're going to include a cryptocurrency tax reporting requirement. Oh, so this is kind of the first like legislation that involves cryptocurrency it's not really something congress has kind of delved into it's not highly regulated that's why a lot of people either a are enjoying it because it's not regulated or b they're staying away from it because they think it's subject to more regulation down the line Uh um regardless of what your stance on crypto is um, what is going to happen here is it basically expands the definition of a crypto broker for IRS purposes. So there's going to be more taxes collected. It'll close kind of the crypto tax gap because a lot of like transactions are going on in the cryptocurrency world that are not being taxed for capital gains or income or anything like that. So this will mm-hmm. kind of help with that a little bit. So the money from those taxes will go into the infrastructure, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Kind of granular.
1: Did I tell you that recently when I went to movies that like crypto is advertising in movie theaters now? Really? No, yeah. I didn't know that. There's like this whole commercial with Matt Damon and he's like walking through this like space place and he's like fortune favors the bold in history and then it's just like crypto and it and you can tell when every when the logo pops up everybody in the theater is like what in the world is going on here like it's weird
0: i do i have noticed that they they like cryptocurrencies and like you know etfs that trade crypto and stuff like that they've been advertising heavily with a lot of celebrities like tom brady is a spokesman for one of them um, Matt James the former bachelor is one it's is funky to me they're really I guess trying to become more mainstream and get it out there but it's hard because a lot of people just don't understand it yeah <laughs> and um, it seems kind of sketchy and you know it's it doesn't have to be that way but it's just not widely understood I don't think but correct discussions for another day but yes, yes that's interesting <laughs> they're uh, advertising and movie theaters so Back to infrastructure, none of the intended social spending that was supposed to be wrapped up in this bill is going to be included because Congress sucks and they can't agree on anything. Um, not to sound bitter, but like they they literally just, it was constant quibbling. And, mm-hmm. you know, months later, here we are finally with the past bill, they could only get it done if they took out all of the social spending. And they took it out because Republicans say that it does not belong in a traditional infrastructure bill. They say that it has to go to like hard things like, you know, bridges and roads and water. Whereas progressives, they didn't necessarily agree with it either because they didn't think it was enough money. So (laughs) ultimately the same opinion, but two very different sides of the spectrum in terms of the social spending. So that, I guess, is going to get wrapped up into an additional bill that we will talk about in a second here. But with this infrastructure bill, the White House says that the bill will not add to inflationary pressures that the economy is currently experiencing. So that is hopefully a good thing there because mm-hmm. we know inflation is a little bit rough right now correct so biden and the house of representatives are currently working to get support on something called a build back better bill say that <laughs> five times fast um but that is kind of where the social spending is being encapsulated instead of the infrastructure bill it's a separate bill called the build back better bill and that is $1.75 trillion currently. That it's it, There's no way it will be that much by the time it hopefully gets passed. But it is supposed to help with needs for social spending and climate change. So some of the things that it excludes, it, it originally included this, but they had to pare it down quite a bit. It excludes paid family and medical leave because okay. our favorite senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, he sucks and he was not on board with any of this. He's like, no. no. Um, it also excludes free community college, um, lower prescription drug costs and dental and vision subsidies. So what does it include? You may ask, um, (laughs) it does include universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I don't have a three or four-year-old running around, so, but a lot of people do. So that'll help them. Um, as well as child and earned income tax credits, childcare funding, college grants, elder care, housing, and affordable care subsidies, rural funding for the supply chain. I'm not totally sure what all that involves, mm-hmm. and maternal health funding. So it does have a lot of good stuff in it. Um, it was a pretty hefty bill before. It still is pretty hefty when you look at the price tag. Obviously, paid family and maternal leave would be really freaking awesome. But this still does have a lot of good stuff in there, especially for like new moms and parents and things like that. Also the college um, grants, hopefully that will help with the student debt crisis going on, as well as the childcare funding. That is so desperately needed because there's there's obviously a labor shortage everywhere, but it's especially bad in the childcare sector Mm -hmm. because those jobs don't pay well. And the reason they don't pay well is because the only way- what'd you say kids suck well well there's a lot of like restrictions about how many kids you can have per like adult who's involved in the child care so you have to have you either have to have fewer kids or you know more adults running mm-hmm. the place and child care workers are unfortunately not paid enough because the only way that they can raise those wages is to raise the cost of childcare and childcare is already exorbitantly expensive. Like yes. And people spend a third of their money on their rent or mortgage and a third of their money on childcare. Like it's just absurd what it costs. So it's just kind of crummy from both ends because people are not getting paid enough, but also families are having to pay too much. So not a good balance there. So hopefully that, uh, that money will help alleviate some of the pressures there. So the, the house plans to vote on it this week. Um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has cobbled together enough votes probably for it to pass, but its fate in the Senate, same old, same old, remains uncertain because of, you know, land or gridlocked it is in the Senate uh, majority or excuse me, minority leader. He is the minority now, not the majority. Uh, Mitch McConnell, he says the final bill will likely be written by Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema because they control the Senate now because they refuse to agree on anything. Right. Um and he says, the single biggest favor that Joe Manchin can do for the country would be to defeat the whole thing. Uh-huh. So we obviously know McConnell's stance on the Build Back Better bill. He's not in favor of it. Um, he did defend his yes vote on the infrastructure bill, though. He says that was necessary and a good move for Republicans politically because they basically needed to get their ish together and pass something for their constituents. And infrastructure historically has not been a very partisan issue. So... That's that. The infrastructure bill will be signed today. We will see what the fate of the Build Back Better bill is. I can't say I'm optimistic, but we will see. So that's my first story. Woo. Okay. So
1: this first story is entitled, Leaving Britney Alone, Life After Conservatorship. Yes, she is free. And the majority of the information that I've got for this uh, story comes from CNN. So Britney Spears' 13-year conservatorship is officially over. The Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny terminated the court-ordered arrangement during a hearing on Friday. And addressing the court, Spears' attorney, Matthew Rosengart, said a, quote, safety net is going to be in place for the singer's finances and personal care. So if things do get out of control, like there's going to be someone there to regulate it and get it back on track. Spears herself was not in attendance during this hearing, but hundreds of her fans were outside of the courthouse, like waiting to hear what the result was going to be assets of her estate will now be transferred from the temporary conservator of Spears's estate to the Singer's trust and a medical evaluation will not be required for Spears according to the judge which is cool because you know 13 years there's a lot of time to do a medical evaluation and I don't see why we need to do one now no you know? so there were no objections to the ruling which is really freaking cool in my that opinion seems like a lot of people are on her side um the next court dates are scheduled for december 8th and january 19th when a petition for the substituted judgment will be discussed and i should have looked into what that means but i guess it just means like a second second opinion on the matter like with Mm -hmm. someone who knows her personally i believe that's what it means um friday's court victory for Britney Spears comes after a tumultuous legal battle battle with her father, Jamie, who was suspended as her conservator last month. He had held the role since 2008 and oversaw her finances and medical decisions. The two faced off in court multiple times over the past year, but things reached a tipping point during two emotional testimonies given by the singer over the summer. Pretty sure many, many who follow this case can remember her talking about how she pretty much felt like she was in prison for these past 13 years. She's not been able to do anything basically. Like she talked about wanting to possibly have another child and that was
0: and remove the IUD.
1: Yes. Yeah. She had like, I don't want to call it a court appointed, but she had an IUD that was not decided upon by herself placed into her body, which I think is disgusting.
0: I uh, agree like women should be able to make their own medical decisions. Anybody should be
1: able to make their own medical decisions. Especially when she's almost 40 years old. Like she's literally 39. Yeah. Like what the hell? And a lot of people obviously learned about this whole shebang from the documentary Framing Britney Spears. I learned a lot more about it than I had ever known from the documentary. Like, especially the thing that made me the most upset about the documentary is it seems from what was said that her father never really had a role in her life up until this conservatorship was put in place like she always she and the people around her in the documentary always referred to her mother being around but never her father like it seemed like he was pretty much in it for the money like he would only show up when a check was involved we love that Yeah. So the fact of that, and I'm not going to sit here and say that her mother is completely innocent in this either, because I believe there's going to be something involving her mother involved in these next few court hearings too. So there's that. Um, Once again, Spears pleaded with the judge to end the conservatorship, calling it abusive. She also alleged that over the years she was forced to perform, use birth control and take medication against her will, like we talked about and once again this is a case that's very far from over last month her attorney filed a 110 page petition requesting to depose the elder spears as well as asking for discovery related to alleged surveillance of the pop star like without sure. her knowing
0: like being followed yeah mm-hmm. or watched i guess
1: yes And this is a direct result of a New York Times report that her father illegally placed recording devices in her bedroom without her consent. Oh, ick.
0: Isn't that great? Uh, Isn't
1: that wonderful? Oh, God. Big Um, brother,
0: more like big father is always watching you, right? Big daddy. (laughs) All right. It's inappropriate
1: um cnn has not been able to independently confirm those allegations however so this could be happening this could not be happening um an attorney for spears's father has denied these claims obviously and spears after the conservatorship has officially ended said she plans to take some time to enjoy her life before sharing her future professional plans she is engaged to her longtime partner sam asgari as mm-hmm. Ashkari, i believe and said in a recent social media post that she feels she has, quote, a lot of healing to do, which is really exciting because now that you don't have these, you know, metaphorical and literal eyes on you at all times, you can, you know, step away from it. And that's what, that's what I wanted to say with the title of my story is, you know, if you're a fan of Britney Spears in these next few like months or so or weeks, whatever, you know, how long it takes for her to quote unquote heal, um leave her alone. Let her do her thing. Yeah. You know, um, if, if in fact, you know, you live in Los Angeles or wherever she calls like a permanent home and you see her leave her alone, don't approach her <laughs> like celebrities are people too. And just yeah. because you are in the public eye, doesn't mean that you forego your right to privacy. Right. And that's that's really what i just wanted to say i'm really excited to see where this goes for her because especially now um her whole case has pretty much brought up a very modern take on at least in america of the war on women's bodies yeah and i'm i'm really excited to see you know i'm not excited to see because obviously there could come forward cases where the details are a little bit more graphic or upsetting but i I want everyone to be able to have the the victories that she's having pretty much at this point. And it's just, and what I, this is personal, but I was like on a work call the other day, and I work with someone who's from Louisiana, and Britney Spears is from Louisiana. Right. And so he like takes pride in like having her like as a hometown girl. And he was like, "She was posting some weird stuff on Instagram the other day, and I was like, "She has a right to pose whatever she wants.": Yeah, obviously, you didn't see what she was posting during um the conservatorship, because that stuff was creepy, like the whole, like, I'm standing here in front of a camera, not really blinking and telling you about my life, like all the very cryptic stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once again. Leave her alone, let her do what she feels,
0: and yeah, that's my first story yeah we um we're definitely Britney fans, and she certainly needs to take this time to do whatever she needs to do, enjoy her engagement, take whatever measure she wants to now that she you know has that freedom back and we support her on her journey because women deserve autonomy over their body and their minds and their lives just in general? Correct. So, yeah, very happy that Britney is now free. Free Britney. Free Brittany. It's Brittany, bitch. Ooh. She's back. She's back. Okay, so my second story is called GE's Big Breakup. GE, Ooh. of course, standing for General Electric.
1: I want a breakup.
0: Bye-bye. You don't know that reference, but it's funny. I don't, but that's that's <laughs> cute. I like that. Um, So GE is breaking itself up into three standalone companies, focusing on one, energy, two, aviation, and three, healthcare. Many say that this is a correct and necessary financial move. And if GE were obviously a new company, it's been around like forever. Mm -hmm. If GE were formed today, it would never include healthcare, aviation, and energy all in one company. Like those are three highly different areas and you would never have all three of them under one umbrella. That's just not how businesses tend to operate these days where they have all these different divisions under one roof. So if it happened today, that obviously wouldn't be the case. So why should they not break up? So they're breaking up. Um, so That's exciting. Um, And it's exciting because GE has been in trouble for a while in terms of like what's going on financially. Like they've kind of been in a little bit of a downward spiral since the 2008 financial crisis where they got hit kind of hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to get into why basically that they've had trouble a little bit later. But GE has been in trouble in the sense that the stock has been performing really terribly compared to other companies, especially in the manufacturing sector. So the Dow Jones, which is like the top 30 companies, you know, based on, they have their own like weighted score, Mm -hmm. but it's, the Dow is a a pretty good indicator of how the big bellwether companies in the market are doing. GE used, it was, I think, if not one of the first company to join the Dow Jones when it was first created, it got dropped from the Dow not too long ago. Mm -hmm which means that it was, you know, not one of the biggest and best anymore. So that was obviously a pretty big upset to have them, you know, as one of the central players finally leave that index. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 2018, they had a new CEO take over. His name is Larry Culp. He's still the current CEO. Um, And he has had just kind of a firestorm to walk into. There's been a lot that he's had to work at cleaning up. There's a lot that he had to really streamline in terms of their business structure. And he's really had to work on cleaning up their balance sheet. The company has a lot of debt and he's had to really try and pare that down. So with this move, with the breakup, their goal is to spin off the healthcare company and their assets by early 2023 and the energy division by early 2024. And the current GE as it stands, which will keep the name General Electric, that will focus on aviation. No, I think that's a little silly for the aviation division to keep the General Electric name and not the energy division. Yeah, it just seems like a misnomer to me. But whatever, I'm not. I'm not in charge. That was Larry Culp's decision in his board. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so that's what's gonna go on there. Um, and Larry Culp, he will remain the GE aviation CEO, and internal people will come and take over the other two companies. Mm-hmm. So. There are a lot of investors, obviously with a company like GE, who have opinions on this because it's such a big company, but a lot of investors like different parts of it. Like some people just like the aviation sector, some people just like the healthcare, they did manufacturing for a long time. For a while, they were involved in financial services and we'll get into that too. And sometimes there are a lot of investors who like just want to focus on specific types of companies, like in one sector of the economy, or maybe really like I don't know, like the leadership in one division or something like that, but it's very rare for one type of investor to enjoy and really benefit from like the entire GE mm-hmm. name and everything that's under their portfolio. So it is definitely a good thing for them to break up so they can better serve investors as well as customers, because they're sort of like a jack of all trades and a master of none in a lot of ways. hmm So on this news, the stock rose 2.65%. So that is exciting for GE. Um, Kind of with the spinoff here, GE, like the aviation part that is going to keep the GE name, they are going to own a 19.9% stake in the healthcare spinoff. And the spinoffs are going to basically help GE improve their liquidity because they don't have a lot of cash on hand right now. Um, it will help their cash flow management because right now they're not, they're just kind of bleeding money and not necessarily being profitable from their operations. And it will lower their debt obligations, which is also a good thing to kind of have less that they're owing out to banks. Um, and basically, with this big breakup, it's sort of signaling the end of the conglomerate holding company business. Like, bigger is not necessarily always better. If you have all these very different businesses under your umbrella, are you really like that good at anything? It's just hard to dedicate a lot of assets and people mm-hmm. and time into so many highly different areas of business. So, if you think about like other big conglomerate holding companies, the two that I think of are Berkshire Hathaway and Disney.
1: Yeah. So,
0: Disney is obviously entertainment, but they have they own two sports teams. Did you know that? disney does yeah they own the la angels and the anaheim ducks which is an nhl team oh
1: well i knew about the ducks because the mighty ducks references but i didn't know about the angels interesting
0: the ducks are the only major franchise or major sports franchise that is named after a disney movie Mm. but yeah they obviously have disney owns like abc and espn so like the cable kind of traditional networks they obviously own all the Disney theme parks the Disney movie studios Marvel all that so that's a massive conglomerate um so if Disney you know struggles going forward it'll be interesting to see if they do a breakup Mm -hmm. and then the other big one would be Berkshire Hathaway which is run by the uh the king Midas (laughs) Warren Buffett um Berkshire Hathaway has like I mean they have like real estate. They do some stuff with railroads. They have invest in, invested in Pampered Chef, which is a multi-level marketing company, which I cannot get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but their class A stock is like one of the most expensive stocks, if not the most expensive stock on the market right now. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars for one share. Oh. Um, but anyway, it'll be interesting to see if GE being broken up is – sort of an indicator of what's to come for these other major companies that have so much under their umbrella. So basically, like, how did GE get to this point where they needed to break up? Like, how did they fall apart? Yeah. So we'll get into it. The stock basically has been underperforming the market for like the last 20 years, which is not good. I mean, if, especially if you were on the Dow and you're invested in greater index funds that include like the S&P and the Dow Jones, you're like, "Well, what the heck, gee? Like you're costing me money here." Mm-hmm. And you know, they did. So, it has lost 2% annually since 2009, which is not good. So, it's definitely been having problems. Um so in around 2008-2009 era, um CEO Jack Welch, he oh, excuse me. Jack Welch was the CEO in the early 2000s. So, he became Oh my gosh, I can't read my notes today. He was CEO in the 90s. Yes. Sorry. Jack Welch, CEO in the 90s. And the man was a legend. I mean, he turned GE into just this behemoth of a company. Absolutely behemoth. Massive. Behemoth, yeah. What? Behemoth? Oh. <laughs> I always thought it was behemoth. I didn't realize it was behemoth. My bad.
1: It's cute. I loved it. I
0: can't read today. This is not my day.
1: No, it's okay. I love that you write your notes out by hand. I just have a Google Doc.
0: I, I, maybe I should do that because then I wouldn't have issues reading <laughs> my margins and I could just edit a little bit more easily. But I don't know. I, I, that's, I've always done it by hand. You're a true journalist. I try. I really try. No, I'm not the one with the journalism degree on this podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, CEO Jack Welch, who was CEO in the 90s. Yes. He turned it into a big behemoth, new word, I guess. Um, and GE at the time even had like a financial services division, which Jack Welch was kind of the pioneer of. He really wanted them to get into the banking sector, which is wild because GE has like appliances and it manufactures things. And like, why do they need to get into banking? But they did. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because actually in my business where I work right now, there are a lot of ex-GE capital people. Mm. And Jack Welch is known for being kind of like really good at streamlining things and really good at kind of helping things grow. But I mean, he there was a, a pretty ruthless culture
1: mm-hmm. at
0: GE. I mean, I work pretty closely with someone who used to work there. And he said that every year they would evaluate all of their salespeople and the bottom third in terms of producers would get fired. Hmm. So they would lay off a third of their sales force every year. How fun. For not performing. So, and Jack Welch really took it to big heights up until 2000. That was kind of when it peaked. And in 2001, Jack Welch retired because, you know, old man. So after he retired, there was pretty much a big stock slide that wiped out half a trillion dollars in shareholder value. So $500 billion just absolutely gone from their shareholders. So following Jack Welch, CEO John Flannery and CEO Jeffrey Amelt. They have not been able to really kind of right the ship. Look at all these J's. John, Jeffrey, Jack. All the white men. All the white men. And now we have another white man named Larry. Larry? Larry, who's in charge, but at least it's not a J. Um, and none of these people have really been able to right the ship. Like GE has a tremendous amount of leverage. Leverage meaning debt on their balance sheet that they have not really been able to pay off. Um, And they began to seriously struggle during the Great Recession in 08 and 09 because it proved to be a company that just had way too much going on. They were overstretched. They were bloated. They could not do it. Like when Mm -hmm. the economy is really shaken up like that and kind of the the tide is lifting all the boats, you can really kind of see the cracks in companies. And it, it was, you know, proof that GE just had too much going on. And they were obviously hit really hard by COVID, as a lot of companies were. Mm-hmm. But you know, COVID was a problem for them because a lot of their money comes from their aircraft division, and they build aircraft engines for Boeing and Airbus. And because planes were not really flying at the beginning of COVID, there was no demand for additional aircraft engines. So that segment lost a lot of money with COVID. Um, with the Great Recession, GE almost lost its financial services division completely. And Warren Buffett had to step in to help stabilize their operations with a $3 billion investment. So they literally had to kind of rely on a white knight here Mm -hmm. in Warren Buffett to help them out. And this, with all that going on, they had to divest a lot of their divisions. So GE used to own NBC Universal. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Like, why would a manufacturing company called General Electric have any business owning, like, a news network?
1: I can't right. answer that.
0: Yeah, like there's there's just like literally no reason. They tried to get into everything. Like it's so much better to float It's like as Ron Swanson says, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Yeah. DE was like fraction-assing a lot of things. <laughs> they were not whole-assing anything. That's probably the best way to kind of describe this breakup, honestly, is that they finally decided to whole-ass one thing. Okay. Sorry for all the asses, but. I love anyways. that. It's, I think it's appropriate. So they had to divest NBC Universal, GE Plastics, GE Water, GE Appliances, and GE Capital, which was their financial services division. So since taking over as CEO in twenty, Larry Culp has made some pretty big money moves. He has cut debt in half and he has sold off stakes in a lot of subsidiaries that are not related to the core GE business. So he's really worked on getting that portfolio down to their big three areas that they want to focus on, which are the aviation, the healthcare, and the energy, which they're going to split off. So, and he's been pretty good about raising money and getting kind of the cash back up to how it is. Um, so, and as of 2021, profit margins have recovered, free cash flow has become positive again, and the healthcare division has acquired ultrasound maker BK Medical, which is basically you know, they make ultrasound equipment. So the healthcare division, they're not like a hospital network or a bunch of doctors or anything like that, or insurance or anything. What they do is they make medical devices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, it was appropriate for them to buy like an ultrasound manufacturer company. Wall Street is a big fan of this to help the stock go up 5%. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're uh, in the next couple of years, the big GE will be no more. We'll have to see what, if those other divisions that are not part of the aviation business that is keeping the GE name. We'll have to see if those end up being publicly traded. We'll have to see who is going to take over those in terms of leadership. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of the end of an era. It's a little bit sad, but it's also definitely for the best. Woo. Woo.
1: All right. So now is time for my longer story of the week. And that is disney plus profits get I it like it thank you and the majority of the information in this story i got from variety and polygon now i have a quick
0: question before you start correct yes um disney plus they did terrible this quarter like they didn't add hardly any new subscribers they've kind of hit their peak well maybe
1: that's why there's so many uh
0: projects on this list yeah they're trying to entice people to join yeah it's like as the pandemic is over it's not over but like as people are spending less time at home watching tv they're not subscribing to new services also
1: um so The first sentence that I have is to celebrate its second anniversary. Disney Plus hosted its Disney Plus Day full of announcements and trailers of upcoming projects reminiscent of its parent company's biennial D23 Expo. So Disney Plus Day has never been a thing until now. So it most likely is just a ploy to get people more interested in the content of the streaming platform. So Marketing stunt, yeah. Yeah, so good on you for knowing that because I didn't. So I don't have any other information other than just the titles and we're going to go one by one and there's a lot so we're not going to talk like about each of them in depth, but we can just comment as we will this first one I know Annabelle is just itching to see it's it's her favorite favorite thing in the whole world, and that is the new Disney plus series Obi Wan Kenobi.
0: I'm very indifferent to Star Wars. Yeah, Annabelle a hundred 100 about Star Wars. Total sarcasm on Alyssa's part.
1: So Ewan McGregor, who famously played Obi-Wan Kenobi, and director Deborah Shaw shared an exclusive look at the series with behind-the-scenes footage and new concept art of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader facing off. The series hits Disney Plus in 2022. No word on what month of the year, but during the year, you can look forward to that. Next, we have X-Men 97, which is a new animated series for Marvel Studios, which is exploring the 90s timeline of the original X-Men series. Like there was an X-Men show in the 90s, a cartoon, and it was very popular. It's used a lot in memes nowadays. So I believe it's going to be kind of like a revival of that art style, if that mm-hmm. makes sense next we have moon Knight starring oscar isaac and it it is about a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder oh okay the this is their phrasing multiple identities live inside him find themselves thrust into a deadly war of gods against the backdrop of modern and ancient egypt
0: that could be kind of hairy trying to do a TV show about dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, I haven't looked into how people
1: feel about it yet, but I, I do know Moon Knight has been thrown around like a lot after Disney Plus Day. Like that's the main one people are talking about. So mm-hmm. we could assume that um people have things to say about it. Um, That is also coming in 2022. No word on what month. Next, we have She-Hulk and... Sorry. Tatiana Maslany stars as Jennifer Walters, a lawyer who specializes in superhuman-oriented legal cases, which I think All is right. like really cool because it kind of harkens back to like The Incredibles, like the beginning of The Incredibles where people were suing the superheroes and whatnot. So I thought that was an interesting take on it. Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth will return as Hulk and Abomination in the series coming in 2022. Miss Marvel which stars Iman Vellani as Kamala 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 the 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 vice president of the United States I always have to ask now because I'm like is it Kamala or Kamala Khan a 16 year old Pakistani American who's an artist gamer and huge fan of Captain Marvel 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 Uh, Kamala has always struggled to find her place in the world until she gets superpowers like the heroes she's always looked up to. Yay. A lot of this is Marvel related, so bear with me. Agatha, House of Harkness. Does that ring a bell? House of Harkness? Yeah. Does that ring a bell at all?
0: All I can think of is the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Well, damn. Okay. Sorry. (laughs)
1: Annabelle obviously didn't watch WandaVision because I did not. (laughs) um, Agatha Harkness, uh, spoiler alert, is one of the main evil people in WandaVision. Catherine Hahn returns in the spinoff series with Jack Schaefer returning as head writer. So, something to look forward to if you enjoyed WandaVision. Spider-Man Freshman Year is a new animated series following Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU with a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. Let's see. Echo, which will introduce Al- Al-Aqua, Alaqua Cox as the character Maya Lopez, AKA Echo, a deaf Native American hero who will get her own Disney Plus series in the so they've announced hawkeye as its own series so it sounds like maya lopez and echo are going to be introduced in that series before getting their own series okay and i'm here for a native american hero and even even at that and a deaf native american hero that's yeah that's That's awesome. Marvel Zombies is a new animated series reimagining the Marvel universe with new heroes battling against an ever spreading zombie scourge. So, like, The Walking Dead meets MCU. Bump, bump. Bump, bump. Ironheart stars Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a genius inventor who creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man.
0: Ooh. I'm. I'm sorry. I just. I'm not. I want. I don't really want. But I just. I cannot get into Marvel. I. It, there's. There's too many movies. There are. There's a lot. I watched one on Friday, and I was like,
1: Which one did you watch? Uh,
0: um, Shang Li. Shang Chi, bitch. Shang Chi, thank you. I mean the the um the Chinese cultural infusions into it were cool. And Aquafina is obviously fun, and she's, you know, a star in that movie, but I I don't know. It was very long, and I, there was some plot holes, and the, the special effects looked cheesy to me. I was not a fan.
1: Our friend Hannah asked me the other day, she was like, what's your comfort Marvel movie? And I was like, I enjoy Marvel movies, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch them. So when she asked right. me that question, I was like, uh, I don't really have one. Yeah, but I, I always an like hearing at all. about. Yeah, I always like hearing about like new releases, so that's why I did this. And we're almost done with the Marvel moment, Secret Invasion, which is Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn's Talos teaming up in a crossover comic book series about a faction of shape shifting Skrulls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. So, like nope. invasion of the body snatchers. <sighs> I am Groot, which is a series of original shorts exploring baby Groot's early days growing up and getting into trouble in space.
0: Groot is from Guardians of the Galaxy, right?
1: Yes. I am Groot. Season two of What If is coming and it's basically after enlisting the guardians of the multiverse to stop Infinity Ultron in season one, the Watcher returns to meet new heroes and explores more strange new worlds in the multiverse all right guardians of the galaxy is getting their own holiday special with veteran james gunn directing and as far as i can tell that is it for the marvel stuff so now we're going to talk about non-marvel stuff coming to disney plus willow which is a modern adaptation of an old movie starring warwick davis who for those of you who may not know he played professor flitwick in the harry potter films oh yeah And he was also the original, I can't remember the name of the Ewok, but the Ewok that meets Princess Leia in Return of the Jedi. He was the original one. I can't remember. They're
0: my favorite characters in Star Wars. They're so cute. Aw. Yeah. They look like my dog. Oh
1: yeah, they do. Yeah. So it's going, the new Willow is going to introduce cast members Ruby Cruz, Aaron Kellyman, Ellie Bamber, Tony Revolori, Amar, Shada Patel, and Dempsey Burke for the sequel series coming to Disney Plus in 2022. That's exciting. Under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett is a special celebrating the origins and legacy of Boba Fett, who is getting his own series in December called the Book of Boba Fett. know who boba fett is
0: i don't i was about to ask really okay he's
1: the um bounty hunter in star wars he's the one that like everybody is like he's so cool but he like doesn't talk
0: he's a very background
1: character but he's like become like one of the most notorious characters from star wars gotcha if you saw a picture of him you'd be like oh that one tiana so Stella Meggie from The Photograph will be director and writer for the new long-form musical series coming to Disney Plus in 2023. In the series, Tiana sets off for a brand new adventure as the newly crowned princess of Maldonia, but a calling to her New Orleans past isn't
0: far behind. Nice. I like Tiana. I think she's one of the better modern princesses for I sure. I love
1: Tiana. She's great. Uh, we love Gotta a
0: dig a little deeper
1: find out who you are. zootopia zootopia jesus so many things zootopia plus is a return to the fast-paced mammal metropolis of zootopia with a new short form series coming in 2022 that's
0: exciting i like zootopia
1: i love zootopia i'm ready for a sequel cars on the road features mater and lightning mcqueen going on a cross-country road trip streaming in 2022 this is one that a lot of people are really excited about. Disenchanted will see Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey returning okay, for a sequel to Enchanted in fall of 2022.
0: That's exciting.
1: Cheaper by the Dozen sees Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff starring in a reimagining of the hit family comedy coming in March of
0: 2022. Oh my God. I loved both of those. I did too. Let me That'll see be this. interesting to see how the the new version goes. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm excited that it's an interracial couple too. Yeah, absolutely. Really excited. My personal favorite, Hocus Pocus 2, is returning with Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimi all returning. It will be premiering in fall 2022 they've already released one photo from set and i'm so excited guys y'all know how i feel about hocus pocus it's my favorite i was gonna
0: say are you like worried at all that they're gonna tarnish the original magic of it or not really no because i'm an adult and i can separate the two well darn okay
1: <laughs> i that wasn't a
0: dig i'm an adult <laughs>
1: That wasn't a dig to you. That's just like, in my opinion, like if you truly like love a movie or a television series, like whatever happens, like afterwards shouldn't really quote unquote tarnish what you have in your heart, you know, and I'm excited to see it. I have the book version of the sequel, and I don't know if it's going to play off that. If it is, I'm excited to see some queer characters in this new movie because they are featured in the book. Um, so exciting for that. The
0: Ice Age Adventures of
1: Wild. I kind of
0: forgot Ice Age was under Disney.
1: Well, it was DreamWorks, but I guess, well, actually, this may not even be Ice Age. This might just be like the phrasing of it because, Mm -hmm. let me see, let me check. Because Ice Age is DreamWorks. That's what I
0: thought. I was a little confused. I never cared for those movies, if I'm honest. They were all right no it is the ice age franchise
1: that's interesting okay Mm
0: -hmm. okay i must
1: have bought it or something so simon pegg stars as buck which is an all-new movie premiering january 28 2022 baymax which is a spinoff of big hero six it's walt disney animation studio's first animated series and it will be streaming in summer of 2022 all right the spider chronicles which was a movie that came out maybe in like 2007 this is a mm-hmm. new series adaptation with a modern coming-of-age story combined with fantasy adventure the series obviously based off of the best-selling books follows the grace fam family twin brothers jared and simon their sister mallory and mother helen as they move into their dilapidated ancestral home and begin to unravel a dark mystery about their great-great-uncle who once discovered a secret and fairy
0: world existing parallel to their own. I remember seeing that movie when it came out. That was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Pinocchio,
1: inspired by the animated classic, it is a retelling directed by Robert Zemeckis combining live action and visual effects, starring Tom Hanks. Cynthia Arrivo from last week, Luke Evans, and the voices of Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan-Michael Key, and Lorraine Barocco. It premieres in fall of 2022.
0: I'm a real boy.
1: Stan was really excited about that one. I didn't realize you were such a Pinocchio fan, Stan.
0: There's a cat in Pinocchio.
1: There is. Figaro. Mm -hmm. And he's black and white. He is. Yes. Stan was like, representation. The Beatles Get Back is a docu-series by Peter Jackson showing the legendary band performing um, like on top of the Roo you know, their final concert. Um, Three night events start streaming on November 25th, 2021. So very soon. And days. Chimp, Chimp, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is another, um, what's it called? Revival. Uh, It was a 90s cartoon, but this one stars John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Oh my gosh. (laughs) In a hybrid live action and CG animated feature coming in spring of 2022. Limitless with Chris Hemsworth discovers the full potential of the human human body in a six-part series from National Grid. I can't talk either. Geographic streaming in 2022. Welcome to Earth. Stars Will Smith exploring Earth's greatest wonders in a six part original series from National Geographic, also streaming December 8th, 2021. America the Beautiful visits the spacious skies, the amber waves of grain, the purple mountains' majesty in a six part series streaming on Disney Plus in 2022. This one kind of made me laugh. Sneakerello. Okay which is set in the sneakerhead subculture of New York city. It's a gender flip twist on Cinderella and it streams February 18th, 2022. Nice. This one, I'm excited about the proud family, louder and prouder. Ah. <laughs> Penny proud is grown up and she is in a new show. Starring is streaming in February of 2022. Win or lose Pixar's first ever original long form animated series is coming in 2023. Each episode follows a different character on a middle school co-ed softball team preparing for their championship game. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Better Nate than ever, which is based on the book by Tim Federal. Uh, It will premiere in spring of 2020. (laughs) Spring 2022, the comedy adventure stars Aria Brooks, Joshua Bassett, Michelle Federer, and introduces Ruby Wood as Nate with Norbert Leo Butts and Lisa Kudrow. What a name. We're almost done. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Throwback. back. Writer, writer and producer Jeff Kinney revealed new art for the animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid show coming to... Disney Plus on December 3rd, 2021. The sequel will be available to stream in 2022. High School Musical, the musical, the series, season three. That's such a mouthful. I know, I hate it. High School
0: Musical, the musical, the series.
1: Yeah, which brought us Olivia Rodrigo, so shout Mm -hmm. out. Love is an open door outside the halls of East High. Season three of the show will follow its characters to sleepaway camp for a summer of campfires, romances, and curfew-free nights. Ooh, that sounds spicy. And last but not least, Disney Intertwined, also known as Um Allegra is ready to change the past in order to reach her dream in the first Disney Plus original series produced in Latin America. All right. Hey. Also, it's not on this list, but I always find it really interesting. There is a show. uh, It's a K-drama featuring one of the girls from Blackpink, Mm -hmm. which- they recently announced that it's called Snowdrop and it's going to premiere on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Which I thought was really interesting. I was like, not Netflix, not Hulu, not like Disney Plus is not the place I would think to go for a K-drama. A K-drama, yeah. But I'm excited about it because I got to support my girl. So Mm -hmm. those are all the upcoming releases of Disney Plus.
0: It's exciting. That's a lot of stuff. I, yeah, I guess they're trying to get their subscriber numbers back up. I mean, okay, I get that they spent a lot of money to acquire Marvel, and I get that they did the same thing for Lucas Film Studios, which owns Star Wars, but like, oh my God, did they milk those? Like, in Marvel, I kind of understand because there's so much content, because there's so many different heroes and sidekicks and thing and villains where they could do spinoffs and stuff like that. But oh my God, Star Wars, like, they just, they're going to milk that sucker dry. Like, why does Boba Fett need a spinoff? I don't get it. I don't I, get I it.
1: agree with you in some sorts. It's a lot of content. It's almost overload. But, you know, as as long as it's, you know, reaching an audience that wants it, I can't really be mad. Yeah, you know? I mean, people will watch it we'll we'll see we'll see how the the numbers and the ratings go but mm-hmm. so there's yeah. that
0: all right well we will see what happens with those do you have a smile file my dad is doing
1: much better good he no longer looks like someone beat him in the face um that's important Uh, Not to be too graphic, but the first day after his doctor's appointment, um, his eye was looking very rough. He didn't even want to show me, but it's slowly um, going down, which is really exciting. And tomorrow I am going to the Van Gogh Exposition in Houston. Is it the
0: immersive experience? It is.
1: And I'm a big art fan, as we've talked about in the past, but Van Gogh is one of my top five artists. So I'm really excited to get to go to see it yes so. it's very cool what about you
0: uh i am going to the beach next week for thanksgiving we don't normally go anywhere Ooh. um but we got an waffle we couldn't refuse so oh. we'll go into the oh. beach next week <laughs> oh no no uh one of my sister's friends they're spending the holiday up in new york and they needed someone to watch their dog and they're like if you watch our dog you can stay at the beach house for free and we were like yes. sold he's an easy dog so I love that. Yeah. So I'll be there next week, Wednesday to Sunday. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully get a, get a nice change of scenery. I haven't been to the beach in a while, so obviously too cold to swim, but
1: nice scenery. Like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. what else is happening next week? What we will be returning with another episode focusing on business and entertainment in the meantime, if you want to, you can check us out on Instagram and wherever you catch our socials uh annabelle do you have anything else to say for this week
0: no but uh if you like us give us a five-star review on apple podcasts and spotify now that that's a thing you can add reviews there um we would really appreciate it we're trying to grow our audience so if you like the podcast definitely talk about us to your friends co-workers shameless, shameless plug there but um yeah, yeah. thank you for listening
1: bye